0: This is Whitley Strieber, and this is Dreamland. You've reached the edge of the world. This is Whitley Strieber. This is Dreamland. Today, we have a really interesting guest. He's been on Dreamland before with Black Swan Ghosts. Dr. Simeon Hine is the director of the Mount Baldy Institute, a research and teaching company which he founded in 1997. We're going to talk about that and what he means by what he teaches, which is resonant viewing. I did not say remote viewing. I said resonant viewing, and we're going to talk about that. But today our primary target is a discussion about Bigfoot. We all had a great time with a beautiful, a flash of beauty a few weeks ago. It was a wonderful documentary. Simeon knows it and loves it too, but he has written a book to, I mean, a wonderful book about Bigfoot called Dark Matter Monsters. We're going to get into Bigfoot in the way you and I folks, I know have always wanted to. We've had people on this show who go into Bigfoot as if it was a primate from this world. But there are people who listen to this show who see Bigfoot regularly. And I'm sorry, something's off, way off. Simeon knows what it is. This is going to be so much fun. Okay, now, before we have that fun, we're going to have another kind of fun. I want to know about resonant viewing, and I'm really fascinated. I might take your course. Tell me about it.
1: Well, Whitley, thanks for that introduction. Um, great to be here today. Resonant viewing, you know, more commonly known as remote viewing, that's how people have referred to it. RV refers to both. It's this ability we have to tune into non-local information, to get information about people, places, events, at a distance. It's something I came across in 1996 at the Farsight Institute uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. I had heard uh, Courtney Brown talking on my local radio station, KGNU, and having just come out of graduate school, even been an assistant professor teaching statistics, there was a part of me that was skeptical and thought, I don't believe that I can do this that everybody has this ability. We had all seen those uh, women, natural psychics on that TV show in the eighties, Bevy Yeagers and some others, right. And they would work with police and solve crimes and things like this. I had seen that show in the eighties somewhere. I knew that there were some natural psychics. I didn't realize we all had this ability to some degree or another. So it's a type of training system. I learned a training system that teaches anybody to be able to do this. I learned the Ingo Swan method called CRV, which he created for the U.S. government at Stanford Research Institute, amongst other places in the 1970s. And the, the government found it very useful to use in military and intelligence purposes. The viewers that were part of the program, I'm sure you've interviewed them, would say that the government would come back to them all the time for more RV targets, if it didn't work, how come they were showing up every week asking for information about X, Y, or Z, you know, all the alphabet soup agencies. And then you had Joe McMonagle, who was working in the East Coast program, receive a Legion of Merit award for something like 150 sessions and 200 pieces. I think they call it essential elements of intelligence. People have gotten prestigious awards for their RV abilities. Joe McMonagle being one of them. I learned about this in the 90s and was really astounded that, you know, through a simple protocol, you know, that people can people can actually learn to do this on their own. I mean, I just happen to have a session here since we're going through a class. It's a written system. There is a target that the viewer doesn't see until it's all over. It's hidden in a folder somewhere. They can't see it. There are some random numbers written on it. You just give them the random numbers. And if it works properly, they go through these phases, stage one, or as we call phase one, phase two, where they start getting sensories, dimensional data. It's like an aperture opening up. And if it works the way you would expect it to work, by the end of the session, they have drawn what the target seems like in their mind, which in this case is these small little red objects. Which is exactly what the target is. Now, how did they do that in 20 minutes without getting any advanced information about the target? This is what people have always wondered. It certainly has been a, something I still think about daily. How do we actually do this? But it shows us, Whitley, there's something else going on in the way that we relate to reality. There are subterranean yeah. channels of communication that your conscious mind's not aware of, but you can pick up and describe.
0: Okay. How can people do this course? Because, you know, I've been personally meaning to do this for a long time because I, I can do this, I can do this remote viewing very well. I've just uh, never taken a course. I took a brief course, a one day course once, but tell us how you can get involved, how we can get involved.
1: Well, I always thought this should be something that anyone can try just on their own without even paying anything. So I have a little free mini class at learnrv.info. People can just go and sign up for that and see seven of videos that I've made. I just wanted people to be exposed to this so they could try it out. It's like a little mini course going through these phases saying, here's what you do, try this, try that and see what you get. But I also have been teaching this now Whitley for 25 years. I started in 1997. I'm not sure it was my idea to do this. I did have a very lucid dream where I received some instructions from some entities that it seemed like in my awareness that were giving me instructions how to set up a business and recommending that I do this. They even showed me a map of the U.S. and they said this area where you're in could use this sort of education. That's how I remember the dream. It was at night. I'm just telling you what happened. And I just said, wow, I never thought I could run a business myself. I'm out of academics. I set it up and here we are 25 years. I'm still teaching it. We have a class going right now. They go about five, six weeks. We meet, we do it by zoom. Now for a long time, people flew into Boulder, Colorado, where my business is based and we would have Great times meeting over a long weekend, Friday through Sunday. So, I teach classes, and I'm not the only one. There are many other RV teachers out there. I'm just one of many that teach this, and I found that people who do this really pick up some benefits. They tell me it's beneficial to them in their personal lives, in their businesses later. This is why I keep doing it. People tell me it works for them, I keep teaching it you could go to virtualviewing.org and see the different ways to do my self-paced classes online or uh, take one of our live classes that I do a couple times a year on Zoom.
0: Okay, great. So we are on notice, learnrv.info. And yeah, I have a lot of personal reasons for for wanting to get better at this, get get more organized about it. So now free dreamlanders we're going to take a little break and wait for it because when we come back we're going down the bigfoot trail in a super cool way this is gonna be fun it was the quietest loveliest evening you could imagine mask with two eye holes
2: stands beside my bed and makes a gesture to the door and there's a hell of a lot of them I'm scared as hell
1: and then suddenly uh, a group of them are coming toward him, and he gets taken outside to the back porch where he's placed on
0: this cot. That then takes him out to a clearing in the woods. I remember sitting in a circle in the woods, in the snow, and then I suddenly went up in the air. I felt like when you're going up in a fast elevator, I felt my stomach went le- left behind and I see the trees going by. And then I see the clouds. Then I'm in a little room just like
2: that. It's frightening. Being completely conscious, not having control of your body, and then being shot up into some kind of ship or room.
0: The trees in here.
2: It's not going
0: to shoot you the truth. It's not clean in here. And I kept trying to wake up because I obviously was not in bed. You know, it had to be a nightmare, right? And uh, I realized these creatures were there. They were funny looking. They were like the workers. And then there was this willowy kind of taller being with the great big black eyes he was the leader it felt like a woman to me i see the head real clearly are you old she says yes i know she's looking at me real close she put your cheek up by my face
2: What do you mean an
0: operation? I'm not going to let you do an operation on me. You have absolutely no light. She says we do have a light. I kept trying to wake up because I thought I was having a nightmare. I'm getting real scared again. Real scared. Because I cannot do a thing about this. Could let me smell you. I wanted to smell them because I wanted to, I was trying to get some way of telling whether or not this was real. So this one puts his hand up against my face and it smelled like cinnamon. The smell of cinnamon was grounding in one sense. It made me think that. I was in a real situation. In another sense, it was extremely disturbing for the same reason. The real situation I was in was very weird and very provocative with two different kinds of extremely strange looking creatures and I was physically helpless and couldn't get away. That's when they start to perform experiments on his body. Blue ones open a box and show me this needle. And they're going to put the needle in my head. I, how I know that, I don't know, but I do. And I start to say, you're going to ruin a beautiful mind. But they put the needle in the side of my head anyway. It makes a cracking sound. But there's no pain. I they going to cut my whole head open. Have you ever read Communion, or have you never read Communion? It's out in a new edition, very powerful, a subtly new cover that reflects the fact that the visitors are now looking back at us because they truly are. You can get it from the unknowncountry.com store, as a Kindle, as a beautiful, sumptuous paperback, or as an unabridged audio book read by me. It's the first time in the whole life of communion that it has been read in full in audio format, and believe you me, I felt that reading. I put my life, my memories into it, and I trust you can hear it in the voice. I sure felt it while I was reading. So get communion, listen to it, read it. Communion is of central importance to all of our lives. We're back. We're talking with Dr. Simeon Hine. His website, newcrystalmind.com. That's newcrystalmind.com. You can also go to learnrv.info and explore his remote viewing program. Now we're going to be talking about dark matter monsters. Uh, his new book, Cryptids, Ball yeah. Lightning, and the Secret. <laughs> Science of Secret Life Forms, and believe me, you don't need to hold it up because it, it you know, it'll be. I'm
1: just so proud of it, Whitley. I know, I know. I just, I know I but... Like my little kid, you. We were talking about this. You've self-published, and yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. I self-published too. I am very proud of my books as well. I. It's wonderful to have this total hands-on deal, where from the from the day you start writing until the day the book is in people's hands, it's your work exclusively. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I I, I know how it feels, so I respect this. Okay, boy, do I have a lot of questions about Bigfoot. My interest in this goes back a long time. Uh, Tom Slick, who did the first Yeti expedition in the Himalayas, was a family friend. So this was was part of my childhood. And his uh, niece, Catherine Cook, who's been on Dreamland not enough, but years ago, uh, has repeated his journey in, uh, about ten years ago, so as I say, I was into this for a long a long time ago. Now, I'd like to start by talking about some things that are a little bit off or wrong, and in particular the the presence of the academic and scientific community in this research and the problem of stripping off the high strangeness in order to make it seem believable. Because as you will know, folks, this actual experience of Bigfoot is no more believable than your lives or mine. We experiencers live this stuff. Okay, so tell us what happens. Uh, Is it called the Bigfoot Mapping Project what? What yeah. is the yeah yeah? Go ahead and talk about this. Well, thank,
1: thanks for saying that, Whitley. Uh, very well said. Uh, we and I can't agree with you more. We have been set on stripping out all the high strangeness from all these phenomena, even UFO accounts, as you're well aware, from different right. organizations. I've been accused of this when I've written about cold fusion and low energy nuclear reaction, something that I've been looking into for the past 10 years or so. And people say when I've posted my YouTube videos and they get reposted on some of these cold fusion research sites, you'll get comments below. Watch out. He's also had videos about UFOs, UAP. Well, excuse me. The Congress of our United States is watching videos right now about UFOs, UAP, And this is, uh, This is not how science works. We don't strip out the high strangeness. That only works that way when you're concerned about social acceptability, and you're only thinking narrowly about your career. And you're thinking, is this gonna be career enhancing or not? Well, look, sometimes you have to do what's the correct thing for science, which is to tell the truth and for society. And you don't do that by stripping out the data. It's a no-no in science. I learned this in graduate school. Anyway. Thanks for mentioning that. So the Bigfoot mapping project is something that I learned about in this wonderful new documentary, which you mentioned you're aware of, A Flash of Beauty. Yeah. Bigfoot revealed you had the producers on the show uh, not too long ago. And I, I just will say just just you know, fair disclosure here, they did ask me to be part of the sequel, which will be coming out sometime soon. For oh, good. The- That'll
0: be good for the sequel.
1: Yeah, thank you. And so I thought this was just a fantastic movie. It wasn't my introduction to the subject. Obviously, I started working on Dark Matter Monsters. As you've written your own books, it takes about a year to do this. But I thought, finally, we have a really top-notch documentary with very credible witnesses, beautifully filmed, and it really conveys the feeling of what these encounters are like. And in the documentary, Whitley, as you're mentioning, there is something called the Bigfoot Mapping Project, which I wasn't aware of before. And this is worth looking up for everyone, Bigfoot Mapping Project, because some people that had worked with the government in, I think it's a different mapping, their own mapping projects, GIS and other things that do mapping said, wouldn't it be cool if we took the BFRO website, Bigfoot Researchers Organization website, BFRO.net, and mapped out all the encounters that are on the site to a map. So when you pull this map up, Whitley, you find extraordinarily that the sightings aren't that far away from you, no matter where you live. No matter where, I know. These are endemic to our planet. Why we don't talk about it more? There's a number of reasons for that, which we'll get into, but people are having, this is not just something in the Northwest as I originally believed, but listening to the Art Bell show back in the 90s, with the cryptozoologist, Lauren Coleman. And, you know, I made a big impression on me. And he just mentioned it as being something confined mostly to the Northwest, the Cascades. He gave a size of the population. I thought, like many of us, that this was some sort of relic bipedal primate, perhaps. Yeah,
0: well, that's what Tom Slick thought. And what what I heard also from Lauren Coleman, probably on this show at one point, and uh, what I believed until other experiencers, UFO and close encounter experiences, began to write me and say, "Hey, wait a minute! Uh, don't you understand that Bigfoot's part of our world? Our world,
1: right? It's part of our world. It has ultimately- wait, wait
0: we we have we yeah. have something terribly exciting. It's going to happen in a moment, but not to our subscribers. I'm sorry to say." our free Dreamlanders are going to watch a couple of really cool commercials. We'll be right back. This is a brief excerpt from an interview with two contactees who had an 11-day close encounter experience and are now willing to speak about it, really, for the first time. To hear their whole interview and many others, subscribe to UnknownCountry.com. Here's the excerpt. Did you see the man's face?
2: Yes. Uh, actually that one is very clear to me. It was kind of longish and uh he didn't look he didn't look completely human but he because he had very, very thin hair almost non existent, but he was young, I believe that it was kind of blonde and he was very tall, like six, at least six feet. And he was so thin that he looked kind of strange.
0: And what happened then?
2: Well, he wanted me to to go with him or to stay with him. He wanted me to stay with him on the ship. And I'd been m- married for six months, and I wasn't about to go running off to stay on the ship.
0: Now, surely you want more. You must want more. And there is more. Not only this contactee interview, but many others, many of them just as extraordinary, on unknowncountry.com. Plus, everything else that we offer, my audio books the meditations, the talks on the key, William Henry's wonderful revelation show in its entire run, and Streber's brilliant and magical mysterious powers, and so much more. Hours and hours of listening pleasure. Learn from the meditations on the site. Really learn because they're real and they're valuable subscribe to unknowncountry.com right now go to unknowncountry.com click on the subscribe tab we are running very low on new subscribers now and that should not be it should not be happening so you do it you go there and you do it today there's a new world coming if we can take it what does that mean The first part of the message is, if we can take it for ourselves on our own terms. The second part of the message is, can we bear the newness and the huge expansion of human consciousness that is going to be involved? Can we take it, a new world? It doesn't mince words. It tells the good the bad and the ugly, like it is, and it leaves a message behind. Can you do this? Do you want to? Do we have an alternative? Right now, at this point in history, mankind is either going to get a lot bigger or not. I choose to go forward. I choose to live for. And in the future, I choose the future. A new world. We can take it. Available in hardcover, softcover, audiobook, and Kindle. We're back. We're talking to Simeon Hine, his new book, Dark Matter Monsters, Uh, a fascinating new look new vision almost of the whole Bigfoot phenomenon that recognizes the high strangeness. Uh, why don't we look into that a little bit And you know how, where I would like to go from here, I think is in this a, in a kind of an unexpected direction. One of the most fascinating things you mentioned is the fact that children can often hear Bigfoot talking to them in their heads. Now, When the visitors are around, they talk to you in your head exclusively. They don't talk. They can't talk, actually. They don't have that ability. And there are some human beings connected with them who can't talk either. either, I can assure you I've met them. And they're, they're not really very nice either, at least not the ones I've met. But anyway, that's an entirely different story. Tell us about children and Bigfoot talking to them in their heads.
1: You read these witness encounters, and they're readily available to read these encounters on Amazon. I give all the references in Dark Matter Monsters. You hear this repeatedly from children, from adults. Um, You can hear this from witnesses on some of the podcasts that have uh, stories and encounter experiences from witnesses that are readily available online. And they all say the same thing. They say that they can hear the creatures talking in their minds like you did with your visitors that you wrote about in your books that I actually read many years ago. And in some ways, this is coming around full circle because your books introduced me to some of these concepts for the very first time when I was a much younger person. So thank you for that. But that's what children (laughs) say they experience. They can hear them talking through the walls. And when they've brought the adults over and said, so-and-so, it's happening again, come over, you know. Or they have their parents sleeping in the room with them or a relative because they're afraid of the creatures talking through the walls. The adults will not hear anything, but they will also hear the sounds and the talking. Sometimes the creatures do talk through your walls. People have heard it audibly, but sometimes it's purely telepathic. They seem to want to play with kids. It's not that any of these kids that I've read about have reported been harmed by these creatures in any way. In fact, I was just at a Bigfoot Sasquatch adventure weekend in Bailey, Colorado, hosted by the Sasquatch Outpost where we spent a couple days in a Bigfoot hotspot area, Bailey, Colorado, around there. And I was talking to some of the Navajos who had come up from the reservation to be part of the Bigfoot search. This is something that is endemic to their culture. I worked with the Navajos during in college. I went out to a very remote part of New Mexico. Before I knew about any of this, Whitley, I'm still in uh, college. <laughs> I don't think I had read any of your books at that time yet. And uh, I hadn't really been exposed to the subject. I worked in a remote part of New Mexico. I got to know the Navajo. There were some Navajos here at the Bigfoot Adventure Weekend, and they told me a story of a woman who in the 1940s said that she had been taken by these creatures, by the Bigfoot creatures. She was out sheep herding as they do on the reservation with their sheep herds. All of a sudden she disappears. They, uh, they go searching for her. They get hundreds of people looking for her. And, and this fellow, uh, told me that they, uh, they went out farther and farther into the woods looking. They couldn't find her. Five days later, she shows up again. And she says, they were tall and hairy. And I was. they took me and they fed me. They took care of me for a couple of days. And then they just, uh, they brought me back. They said, oh, they, you were with Bear. She said, no, they weren't Bear. They walked on two legs. This is what she had told as a, said as a five-year-old to the people after she came back. So they have had interactions with children for a long time like this. And they do seem to be able to project their intention into your mind whether you're a hiker on the yellowstone continental divide trail whether you could be in your home and they could appear outside and they start talking to you people have described it as either a muddy sounding voice in your mind mechanical sounding interestingly enough even computer-like but it's speaking in english and it's speaking to you
0: so you know i think that you hear it and i'm not sure it it's any language that we know. I've been with this language with the visitors for a long, long time. And I, I think if they speak to you in your head, you're going to hear it in your language, no matter what your language is. That's that's my, my feeling anyway. Uh, okay. Here's something that I'm just going to throw out from your book, which I am definitely not going to throw out. Anyway, the screams and howls are not just for show. They're creating superconducting feedback loops, which keep recharging their energy levels. Wow. Can you explain that?
1: He yeah, absolutely.
0: That. He said that, so he knows how to explain it.
1: My The research in Dark Matter Monsters, the book came together for me because of my interest in cold fusion, low energy nuclear reaction Leonard. What I learned from listening to the lectures of Bob Green, your Martin Fleischman Memorial Project, many people remember Martin Fleischman and Stanley Pons from the University of Utah. They are come out in 1989 with their discovery of a, 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 an electrochemical reaction that produces excess heat. And they're immediately pilloried and ridiculed and you totally... Uh, ostracized from the physics chem- chemistry community because people say this is impossible but what we know is many people have been discovering the same phenomena going all the way back to nikola tesla when you create vibrations and frequency something called cavitation and it's the the vibrations are intense enough and sustained enough it can produce a kind of autocatalytic reaction a self-sustaining reaction that creates a type of compression And you get these sort of, you know, subatomic coherency forming. This is why the book has to do with ball lightning. So when we're looking at Bigfoot sounds, people have just assumed it's territorial. I'm reevaluating all this evidence because we have to reevaluate it. Because as we pointed out a few moments ago, we can't use the previous explanations that it's a relic. Primate or an undiscovered human, none of those fit the data completely. And so if you look at the evidence from cold fusion, this whole area called coherent matter, there are lots of ways to generate coherency within matter. And I, as we said, resonant viewing is one type of coherency where you're resonating with another signal. Nature seems to like to create this coherency. It's another state of matter, Whitley. It's past plasmas. Plasmas are lightning, and aurora borealis, neon signs, and Plasmas we see out in the cosmos, the most abundant state of matter in the universe is plasma. And we've all seen it, we've all encountered it. The next state of matter, ionized gases, electrically charged gases, we've seen it with lightning many times. But the next state of matter past plasmas is coherent matter. It was theorized by Satyendra Bose and Albert Einstein back in 1924, where they thought, wow, if quantum mechanics is true, like it appears to be, it would suggest that at very low temperatures, the atoms lose their individuality, become one big atom. Electrons would become one big electron, something like this. And this was observed finally 70 years later in Boulder, Colorado, at the NIST Laboratories, National Institute for Standards. So the reason this all connects is when we're looking at the phenomena, people see around Bigfoot, balls of light, cloaking, Parent teleportation, telepathy, as we just talked about, all of these phenomena are also associated with coherent matter. And if that would be true, nature doesn't waste anything, Whitley. What they're doing must be generating some sort of compression that allows them to interact with coherent matter in a very interesting and novel way. And I would imagine when they're making their sounds in the same way that sound can be used to create cavitation and this kind of collapse of air bubbles and so forth and this kind of compressed matter. I would imagine that this isn't the first time we've discovered this. It wasn't discovered in 1995 with the Bose-Einstein condensate. I bet nature discovered this a long time ago and that there are life forms that are taking advantage of it. We're rediscovering it. We think it's something new. It's very exciting. But I'm sure nature's already doing it, and I think that these creatures are using their sound to create all sorts of physical effects that people say experience, experience personally themselves when they're around these very loud, bellowing, shrieking, howling sounds.
0: You know, it, it leads to the question, have they evolved to pass between universes? Because, you know, you're talking to somebody who has done that. I mean, I've literally done that physically. I I know it's possible because I've done it. I've done it more than, I've done it three times, in fact, physically. And non-physically, I can do it, I can go down here uh, to a little park that I sit in right after this show, and I can do it. And I will move into another universe with which I have become very familiar, which I became familiar with it on the Pine Ridge Reservation, Lakota Sioux Reservation in 2019. I've been going there ever since. But here's the fascinating thing that I don't do it very much for a reason. The reason is that for they don't like it. I get punished. They come out and they come after me when I do it. And it's not pleasant at all. Now, could Bigfoot cross back and forth? Is it an a survival adaptation. They're they're under pressure maybe from a predator in another universe and they can cross over. Is that possible?
1: I think it's definitely possible and it would fit the evidence. It would uh, fit the evidence.
0: Yeah, it would. No,
1: and again, it's like we're saying right in the beginning of the show, we don't want to just strip away anything that seems slightly strange or weird or right. we wouldn't have modern science as we know it. This is what people say they experience. Igor Burtsev, the Russian researcher that I got to talk with at the Bailey Sasquatch conference in 2021 gave us this lecture where he said at first, and he's been studying this for 50 years. He's a PhD political science, got interested in this topic 50 years. He said, at first we thought it was a relic primate, some undiscovered, uh, Ape or member of the primate family, Gigantopithecus, or something like this. Then we thought it was some undiscovered relative of Neanderthals, another type of human. But our latest conclusion is that it's a paranormal human because of what the witnesses say they see. What the witnesses say they see are this creature can literally disappear in front of your eyes. Sometimes it's just like that. Often there are these light phenomena. Sometimes it seems like a curtain of light comes down and it just disappears. And this could be just a few feet in front of you. Other people have said that it sort of seemed like there was a flash and it was gone. Where do they go when they're not here in our physical reality? I mean, it's not leaving footprints anymore. And as others uh, trackers have described, we saw this at Skinwalker Ranch, Jonathan, Jonathan Dover, the ranger. Navajo ranger from the reservation said that he would see this, the track prints disappear in muddy ground, in trackable ground, as Dover said it best. In trackable ground. He said it's like something pulled them up in the air and they just disappeared. I don't know if that's what's happening, but they're literally disappearing out of our physical reality in the form that we're used
0: to. Okay, we're going to say goodbye to our free dreamlanders, and I'm so sorry to do that, folks and when we come back we're going to explore disappearances and and returns a little bit more deeply and what what did people who ended up going with bigfoot into another reality and then coming back say and what about those who didn't return because there are some of those too free dreamlanders thank you very much for listening to dreamland and listening or watching dreamland Uh, As always, we are here for you. We will be here next week. Uh, Unknown Country offers a wonderful free message board and all kinds of free stuff, free news. Uh, There's lots to do on the site. So I urge you to use unknowncountry.com as much as you want want to, even if you don't want to pay for it. Uh, It's there for you. Uh, Simeon Hines' new book is is Dark Matter Monsters. Uh, His website is, excuse me, all my stuff's falling off my desk here. That's what this is all about. His his website is newcrystalmind.com and you can link through to that, from that to his remote viewing website, learnrv.info interesting guy so get engaged with him i mean not literally but figuratively um thank you free dreamlanders so much for being with us today on dreamland you've been listening to dreamland be sure to tune in again next week dreamland is brought to you by unknowncountry.com and its family of subscribers our theme music is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. Unknown Country was founded by Ann Strieber. Our news editor is Matthew Frizzell. Our coordinator is Amy Safrankova. Whitley Strieber is your Dreamland host. And I'm your announcer, Ted Alexander.